Thank you for listening to the Something Significant podcast brought to you by HappyLiving.com. Something Significant is the popular series where Matt Gersper, a.k.a. Mr. Happy Living, interviews ordinary people doing extraordinary work in the world. Here at Happy Living, we define significance as doing something you love while creating something of value to others. We believe the pursuit of significance is a foundation of health because it brings meaning, focus, and purpose to your life. Today, we welcome Tiffany Schlain. Tiffany is an Emmy-nominated filmmaker, speaker, and the founder of the Webby Awards. She has received over 70 awards and distinctions for her films and work, including being on NPR's list of best commencement speeches and listed by Newsweek as one of the women shaping the 21st century. So Matt, take it away. When I first got introduced to you through your film, Connected, um, I was up in, I was on a business trip, sitting by myself, having dinner, watching your film in a, uh, in a little restaurant. And I, Tiffany, I just thought it was so awesome. Um, oh, thank you. I was, that means a lot. I was, I was blown away. And in today's, you know, very, very small world of social media, you're able to follow up on, on those feelings and reach out to people. And I thank you for reaching back to me. Uh, instead of running. Uh, so that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And uh, here we are. So uh, did you, you have the interview questions in advance? Do you have them with you? Uh, I don't. I'm actually taking a walk and I love doing interviews that way so that I can perfect. just think undistractedly. Okay, that, that's perfect. Well, I'll start um, just give you the question and then you can just uh, let her go from there. Uh, okay, the first great. question is, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Um, well, I, I always used to watch movies growing up with my family, and it, films were really a way to touch upon some of the big issues in life, moral dilemmas and meaning and purpose. So they were used really, you know, every Sunday we went to the movies and then would go for dinner and ice cream and discuss the movies. But I never thought I could really be a filmmaker. I was supposed to be something more like a doctor. But um, when I went to UC Berkeley, uh, I took a film history class as an elective along with my sciences and English and all of that. And I just fell in love with the idea of how much film could share ideas and, and change culture and evolve culture. So um, I started making movies and, you know, inevitably as an independent filmmaker, I, I often ran out of money making my independent film. Mm -hmm. And the way that I would pay for my films was working in technology, which was also a passion of mine. I was very into computers before the web. And I was making films and Again, using uh, my work in technology kind of pay for the film. And then I saw, I was introduced to the web um, very early on. And I thought this was going to change the world. And I was given the opportunity to um, create from scratch the Webby Awards, which is, uh, it has become, we just had our 20-year anniversary, but we honors the world's best website. So I was doing that for like 10 years and loved honoring people and highlighting the best and really looking and studying at how much the web changed the way people live. Mm -hmm. And for each Webby Awards event, I would make these short films 
to kind of tap into where I thought we were with technology and humanity, how it was changing the way we did everything. And so I was making more and more films. And then at a certain point, I was like, I really want to go back to making films full time. And so I sold the Webby Awards and started a film studio in San Francisco. And I wanted to use all of my work with the web combined with the power of film to make social change. So um, one of the first films I made was called Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. And it premiered at Sundance. And it looked at the importance of uh, women's rights and reproductive rights. Then I also made a film called The Tribe, um, which also premiered at Sundance, which looked at American Jewish identity through the history of the Barbie doll. And that also had a very robust discussion kit. And I always raised just as as much money for the discussion kit and book that would go with the film as the film. To me, the film was the emotional trigger to open up your mind to ideas. And then I wanted to provide you with lots of materials to go deeper on the idea. Kind of like your ice cream and dinner conversations. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So then I wanted to set out to make my first feature film which was connected the film that you saw. And it was a feature length documentary that would explore our desire for connectedness Mm -hmm. um, from the beginning of time to today and into the future. And again, made a really robust um, educators kit and discussion kit to go with it. And the film midway through became a very personal film, um, which wasn't intended on the beginning, but I think it made Mm -hmm. it, a lot more powerful because I was speaking my truth as I was struggling through something and looking at all these bigger issues of the film weaves in and out between a personal story and a universal story. And from connected, um, one of the ending ideas from connected is what's the potential with this many people online? What can Mm -hmm. we do with that? So one of the first things I tried to do with that was answer that question. And I thought, well, I want to try to make a collaborative movie with people from all over the world. And I want to make a script that speaks to everyone, that speaks to what connects us on the highest level. So I made a film called The Declaration of Interdependence. And we invited people to read the script on camera and send us artwork. And that became our first, what I call a cloud film. Uh, It's four minutes. People can watch that online. And... um, And then from that, that launched this whole new way of making films for me and my team called Cloud Filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And we write a really, you know, strong research script and then invite people to answer questions about something important about life. And then Mm -hmm. we weave it all together into a film. So we made several of these movies. I, I focus a lot on neuroscience, which I'm really interested in. And then, the, and then I made a film called The Science of Character, which looked at the social science and neuroscience of character development. And we decided, let's premiere this in a really innovative new way. So we offered the film for free and to schools around the world. And Character Day was born. And it was a day where everyone would stop their very busy lives and spend one day watching a film about character development. The film's called mm-hmm. Science of Character. And we would provide all these resources, and we were expecting maybe 250 screenings. And that year, there were over 1,500. Wow. And then the next year, which was last year, we made two new films for Character Day. One's called The Adaptable Mind, and the other one was called The Making of a Mensch. 
So we had three featured films for Character Day, and we had over 6,700 screening events. And then this year, it's set for September, and we have already over you know 20,000 events signed up to do screenings and discussions about character development, who people are, who they want to be, and how, and looking at evidence-based research on how to develop who you are. Hmm. That's really cool. So this is the third year of Character Day. Third year, yeah. That's really great. And if it's developing, uh, developing a, uh, a guide or a map or a picture of who you want to be, is that what you described? Yeah, well, we look at, we look at the positive psychology movements, um, 24 character strengths, mm -hmm. which is everything from empathy, courage, humor, social intelligence, teamwork, all these different facets of, you know, who you, who you are. And we have real tactical ways for if you want to work on a strength, let's say you want to be more empathetic or you want to be more creative or, mm -hmm. and we, on this day, you know, you watch the film, you'll have, we have printed discussion materials we give away for free. And this is all supported by wonderful funders and foundations. And then if we have a year round, like if you, we were launching a beautiful hub and app that if let's say you wanted to work on empathy, it would give you a list of films, books, apps, and games to work on empathy mm -hmm. or to develop empathy on yourself by mm -hmm. age range and by type of media and by type of strength. Very cool. Well, that's great. Um, I mean, so our second question, how has significance played a role in your journey? And again, the way we define significance is doing something you love and creating something of value for others. Mm. You know, both of my parents love what they do. I mean, my father has passed away, but he was a surgeon and a writer and he loved what he did. And my mother is a psychologist and she loves what she does. Mm -hmm. So there was never any question that I wouldn't love what I did. And they both did things that were of service to others. So my father in healing people physically and my mother healing people emotionally. And then my father wrote books that really gave insights to society. So I think those were givens that I would do something that would give back and that I loved what I did. So I feel so grateful. I mean, now I understand how rare that is that I had two parents that love what they did. And mm. I am great, grateful every day that I get to do what I love, which is make films and help launch big conversations around important issues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of days where there's a lot of, you know, grunt. It's not all like fabulous, like, oh, every day I love it. Because there's a lot of, you know, the hard work of fundraising and managing and seeing a project to fruition. But I try to never lose sight of the bigger picture is that I, I work with incredible people that I've worked with for years to help get these projects out. I have wonderful supporters and I love bringing people together. Mm -hmm. So even for character day, there's so many people that work in this space and they're working in silos. And our, our goal is really to bring them all together. And I love bringing people together for a common purpose. So I think that's another aspect of this. Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting to call it significance. Um, I'm, I'm part of the Aspen Institute. I don't know if you're familiar with that. 
No, I read but, about um, that you were a member of it, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's a I'm a fellow there, Henry Crown Fellow, and you. Um, after you've established yourself in your career, it's this wonderful gift where they bring you to the Aspen Institute, and you get to reread all the philosophers and thinkers about a good society and living a life with mm. meaning and purpose. But as an adult, mm. when we're all so busy, you usually don't get your time, you know, time to really focus and think about that in a structured way. Um, but they talk a lot about significance. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, as you were, great, as you were telling me, as you were telling me about how you, parents love what they did and how you grew up, I just throw it down. My, my comment that the answer to the question, how has it played a role in your journey? You grew up in it. Yeah. Which is it really was like awesome. The, yeah. And I, like I said, I only realized later how that is, how rare that is. Yeah, of course. Well, that's really, that's very, very cool. That's kind of like, uh, you know, the, the young sports athletes that, you know, end up making it to the professionals or the Olympic levels. Uh, very often they were raised by athletes. So I think it's amazing how powerful our, the environment our parents create. Uh, can can change our life. Yeah. And by the way, I think um, I'm also in love with your dad, uh, having watched that yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, he was amazing. I miss him all the time. But he's, uh, with, me in a, he's with me in a whole different way. Like, I uh -huh. feel like he's with me all, all the time now. I bet. Well, I was inspired. I read his book, Leonardo's Brain. Awesome. Oh, great. I great. haven't got to the alphabet and the goddess yet, but it's on my list. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that book, um, which looks at, he was trying to figure out why all the goddesses turned to gods and why patriarchy took over mm -hmm. and what was the event throughout history that changed mm -hmm. society from, you know, equality to male dominated mm -hmm. and women subjugated. And, and he looked to literacy as the reason and really tracks this all throughout history. And Another film I'm working on right now that'll be released this fall is called 5050. Mm. And I'm looking at kind of the flip side of that, you know, narrative is I'm looking at before agriculture when there was more equality. And I'm trying to link together the rise of women back in society to hopefully 5050. Yeah. Not hopefully, well, to 5050. <laughs> Uh, well, I wrote about, about I wrote a post about that. So, you know, the power of women is returning. And, and you touched on your dad's alphabet and the goddess in in your film. So I thought Wait, was, I think I, re I, I read your article. I remember writing to you about your article. God, I'm going to reread that. I remember it was great. And I think that's when I reconnected with you. I, is yeah, I, I, think, I just I so think loved so. your piece. Oh, thank you. OK, question number three. Uh, and we're doing pretty good on time. Let me see. Only 20 minutes in. What are great? Was there a specific moment or a specific situation when you became aware, the way we say it, of those things that are most significant to you? When you when you reshaped your life around doing what you love and creating something value to others? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it was that moment where. Um, so I was doing the Webby Awards, which were these, you know, huge full-scale productions in the Opera House in San Francisco, 3,000 people, and we do this whole show to kind of honor the best of the internet with films and performances and 
you know, comedians and the whole deal. And they took so much energy from me. And in my 20s, I was working ridiculous hours. And I, I was really thinking about um, I soon wanted to have children and how can I scale what I'm doing and give back where it didn't take every ounce of my energy every year and then I'd have to kind of one-up it the next year. And during that time, I made that film Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, which was kind of my first film outside of the Webbies in around seven years. And that film got into Sundance and then Planned Parenthood used the film for all their 30-year anniversary events. Wow. And that film still plays to this day. And that was such a light bulb moment for me because I thought, if I go back to film combined with the power of the web, I can really scale change. Mm -hmm. And it didn't, and the film, once I made it, all that creativity was in the film. I didn't need to keep redoing it each time. So the, the scale of making a film and knowing that that can exist without you. Mm -hmm. And every time it screens, it has all the impact and creativity as you know, it did the first time I made it. So that yes. was a big light bulb. I was like, I have to go back to filmmaking yes. combined with everything that I've learned with the web to make change and I can scale my work. So right now at this point, I've made 28 films and they all play all over different parts yeah. of the world at any given moment. And they're all happening and they don't need me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this one, I mean, my favorite thing is just getting emails about one of my films and and moved them into action or made them think differently or, and there's 28 of those happening without me needing to redo them each time. So yeah. that was a real epiphany moment for me. And especially as a mother, um, you know, any parent can tell you, you know, trying to continue to make greater impact, but also being very present for the people that you love, yeah. your partner, your children. Um, that's so important. So that was a real turning point moment for me in like 2000 and, Three. And then that's when I decided to sell the Webbies and start my own film studio with those ideas in mind. Yep. Right, right after I asked you that question, I, I drew a line up to where I had written sold Webby Awards, and I figured that's what you're going to tell me was the moment. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah, touched on really. You, you touched yeah. on some things. I don't know if you remember from the my book that you read, the Belief Roadmap, but in yeah. in the financial section of that book, I talked about the three attributes of what I consider a great business. One is it can be near zero marginal cost. Once you've built it, you can, yeah. you can use it over and over again. Number two is it's, it's not limited by geography in any way. And number three, it's recurring. It can happen on its own without you. And yes, of course, yes, that's what, that's that what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And right. you can look at it in terms of raising revenue, of course. But you can also look at it in terms of raising enlightenment or awareness or education, right? Once you've built your film, it can have recurring education all over the world. Right. That's exactly right. Very cool. You also mentioned the light bulb moment in my second book. I, I write about, um, I call it lightning bolts. You know, a lightning bolt strikes you. And when that happens, um, what my second book is about is what you've already done is when that happens, you need to pay attention to it because that's, that's something really important talking to you. And you've, yeah. you've probably followed exactly the way I would, the way I would have described it is you paid attention to it and you took action on it, big action. You sold your, your baby uh, to, yeah. to, to do something that you thought was more important and more fitting with what you, you want from life. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, question yeah. number four, 
what obstacles have you faced in your significance and how did you overcome them? Um, well, I think making any, any making any project, just um, finding the right funding partners and, and getting to that critical mass of people to make something happen is really important. So I'd say there's some projects, always the obstacle is, you know, first getting the right chemistry and combination of people mm-hmm. and then raising the money and then, you know, seeing it all through. I think on every film, every one of those I mentioned, I'm so excited and I'm writing and I love the collaboration. It's happening. I feel great about it. And then it starts like I always have that sinking moment of any film where it's not working. Mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to make it work and I lose perspective because I've been working on it too much but now I've learned I bring on this wonderful um, story editor I've worked with for years I bring on outside perspective at that critical moment when I've lost perspective which I realize always happens because you're just working something over too much Mm -hmm. so actually I love that about getting older is just understanding the creative process and where you need to bring in outside eyes and at what points are really valuable. And actually, as I've evolved as a filmmaker, I really bring them in uh, at at the three different stages of my filmmaking process. At the very beginning, I talk about my goals with the film or what my quest and what I'm trying to uncover. I usually send the script midway through and then at the very end. So I've really tried to create, um, support where I need it, where I've had Mm -hmm. obstacles that felt insurmountable. I have amazing advisors too that I call upon that have been there for me over the years. And um, yeah, but I, I'm a, I'm a, I believe you can with the right team partners and, you know, you can kind of figure anything out. That's great. (laughs) That's that's one of the best answers I've had because certainly, um, and you're what you said to me earlier. You've got your film. You go for funding, and if you didn't have the, if you couldn't get the funding using other people, OPM, other people's money, uh, you went to work and created your own funding until you got the film done. So, so that would be, I guess, an obstacle that was not overcomable to you. Uh, but now, as you see obstacles that you can't figure a way out on your own, then you've then you've gone to your advisors. Yeah, I definitely bring them in and ask for guidance. And that's I great. love the kind of mentor. I also mentor other people. I think that's really important. Very and cool. yeah. All right. We're doing good here, Tiffany. Uh, great. Quest- question five. What is one thing you wish you knew 10 years ago? The thing that, well, it wasn't 10 years ago, but I, I tried to make a feature film right out of college. And, you know, I was just, I was so green and I hadn't done such a, it was way too ambitious. And when it got to the scariest stage of the movie and I lost perspective, I just, I got very depressed. I, I mean, and this isn't 10 years ago. This is more like 20 years ago. That's fine. But um, <laughs> I just didn't know what to do at that point. And I ended up not finishing that film. It's like my my big failure in my career. Someday I'll turn it into a short or something, but I just, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know really who to turn to at that point. And it was debilitating. And um, I lost faith in the film and I lost faith in my vision of the film. 
yeah, it was just a very difficult period. But I think it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I learned so much climbing out of that mm-hmm. hole. Um, but again, like I said, now I really go, oh, we're in that stage of the creative process. I'm feeling like it's not working. I'm confused. Okay, let's call in the, the Calvary to kind of give perspective. And I, 20 years ago, I think it was like 23 years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, how long ago was that? I mean, 10 years ago. Well, let's stay on, on this ago. one for, for a little bit. Was was the thing that you wish you knew back then, was it how to ask for help or who to ask for help or both? Yeah, to know that this was part of the process and I needed to add, to not just write right. off the whole film and to just get the right advice. And then 10 years ago, um, I think... 10 years ago, I mean, just going through the sale of a company and what I learned from that. I mean, mm-hmm. now, you know, you just learn so much through that process um, that whenever I'm talking to someone that's just about to go through it, I try to teach what I've learned. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's the great thing about life is the experiences really teach you um, what to do better next time. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I've, I sold my trade business. Um, I was in uh, data trade management. And we sold the company just a little over two years ago. And that due diligence process, which lasted about, oh, four or five, four or five months, it was awful. It was the single biggest management challenge I've ever had in my entire career. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it gets any easier, but yeah. Um, Okay. That's another great answer. Two great answers. Uh, question six. What is one hope you have for the next 10 years? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I have two amazing daughters that my husband and I are having so much fun raising. One is seven and one is 13. And, you know, in this next 10 years, is this, you know, our will kind of be our last 10 years with them at home. Mm-hmm. And I hope, you know, we do something called Technology Shabbats, which I mentioned and connected. But when my father died, I we instituted a policy of no screens from Friday to Saturday, which mm-hmm. Friday night to Saturday night, which has been the best thing I've ever done. It's just my favorite day. It's really brought a grounding presence to my family. So um, I just hope to continue to enjoy and savor these years while also continuing to challenge myself creatively because I, I love what I do and I, you know, I bring my, my daughters came in to intern with me and I love for her to see what a good marriage is and what a partnership is because mm-hmm. um, we're very equal in the way we take care of things. And, um, you know, I, I just want to keep on climbing new creative mountains. I get very excited by cha- creative challenges. Right. And, you know, giving back and kind of bigging, giving back in bigger ways. That's great. Um, awesome. And then uh, the final question, are there any books or resources you'd recommend to our readers? Now, you don't worry mm-hmm. about recommending the Belief Roadmap. I already recommend that a lot. Yeah, that would be on the <laughs> top of your list. <laughs> um. Oh gosh, you mean like to help you do what you want to do in life? No, no, just could just, be just, whatever you your favorites, your your you know books that you think oh are really, really important. Oh my god, I have so many. Oh, I actually have gosh. a list. I have to 
I just so many for different things. That's why usually when people say like, who are your favorite filmmakers? Or, mm-hmm. And I say, well, I like this one because of this and this one because of that. And right. they're all for very different reasons, but I could not say there's one filmmaker that like is my end all be all. And I don't know if I could say that for a book either. Um, I mean, of course, I think everyone should read my father's books because they're so brilliant. And uh, I'm here to carry on his legacy with my brother and sister. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'll say. Anything by Leonard Schlein. He's written four books. Okay. He's no longer with us, but his ideas continue. I get emails all the time from people about his books, which makes me so happy. And, well, um, yeah, you know, I was thinking about that because I, I watched your your film, of course, and then a uh, big influence on my life has been Dr. Wayne Dyer, who recently oh, yeah. passed passed away last year. Matter of fact, I dedicated my uh, first book, The Belief Roadmap, to him and to my uh, college football coach, who also was a yeah. big Dow, um, Dow student. He, did, he never told us about it, but he basically taught the team um, how to use inner power. It all, all came from the Dow. So I ended up dedicating mm-hmm. that book to, to those guys, and both of them died at the end of the year. Um, mm, when mm. I was writing my second book, one of the things I, I got into was what what do I want for my legacy? And I realized that same with what you do with your films, books do the same thing. Is it creates yeah. this it creates this this bundle of information in our case, in your dad's case to educate, in my case to inspire, in your case to educate and inspire, um, that lives lives on forever. And so I wrote about what I call my Viking funeral. And, you know, one of the things I hope is that upon my death, if my words from from my books help even change one life for the better, that'll be a great legacy to leave behind. Absolutely. I think your book definitely does that. It gives such clear ways to kind of live your life with meaning and purpose and make sure everything is aligned. Well, I appreciate that. So we got about 10 minutes. Here's... Here's the process. Anything else you want to add to to the great words that you've already given me? Mm. Yeah, I think just recommending that people have a day or really space every week to not be inundated with their screens for bigger thinking or even just wandering thinking. Yeah. I think it's really important. Yeah. Take a day. Tiffany. Excellent. I really enjoy getting to know you. We we did this in 39 minutes. Excellent. Awesome. <laughs> and I'll be Have in a touch. great day. I, I really enjoy the conversation. Thank you, Tiffany. Me too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our Something Significant podcast with Tiffany Schlang. If you liked today's interview, you'll love being a part of the Happy Living community. To join us, just go to happyliving.com. Benefits include a free Happy Living book, inspiring blog posts delivered straight to your inbox, and special offers exclusive to the Happy Living community. It's all free, so come on and join our mission to improve the health and well-being of the world one person at a time.